When you're young, not much matters. When you find something that you care about, then that's all you got. Guys, we done it. The rock is rapping. Holy crap. He's rapping. He's spitting bars. The pre-workout and protein powder anthem he released last week with Tech 9 What? Like, he can do no wrong, I feel like. He's one of the people that cannot do no wrong. Like, he's done everything. He's been in the WWE. He's a big movie star. He's sung in Moana, like, as a, as a musician. And now he's rapping. Good Lord Almighty. But, welcome into episode six, guys. Um, I'm Adam Hughes, the 416 podcast. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. If you're a long-time listener, I mean, we haven't been that long, but long enough. If you are a continuing listener, I should say, welcome back. Um, we got a jam-packed episode for you, uh, for you today. This is uh, it's a lot of stuff to happen this week. A lot of stuff happened this week. Apologize for me sounding like like really groggy. I just woke up. Um, it's like seven o'clock in the morning, and uh, I was uh, I was out late last night. I went and saw the new Halloween movie uh, with a couple of friends and my brother, and it was really good. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I think I was more hyped up for the first one that came out in 2018. Um, I'm not going to say anything what happens just in case people want to go watch it. Um, I will say that it's really, it's not as much scary as it is really gory. Um, there's a lot of blood in it. Um, so if you're not one, it's really cringy about the blood and how much it's in the movie, I would kind of venture away. But uh, even if you are like that, I think it's still, the story is told really well. I think the uh, the plot of the movie was really well. Um, the ending seemed to me a little rushed, but um, overall I enjoyed the movie. There's a few jump scares that I think kind of got me, um, and I'm not normally one for jumps uh, that gets really scared off of that, but it did catch me, So, um, and it just got me into the Halloween spirit a little bit more, so... Um, go check it out. It came out yesterday. Um, yeah, go check that out. I saw Venom earlier this week. Um, Carnage. Oh man, that was such a good movie. Um, it was short. Uh, it was only an hour and a half. Um, but I think it told the story really well of, you know, how Carnage came about and the whole, the fight scenes were really, really good. Um, so I think um, I think that was a really good movie too. It's it's getting me excited for Spider Man. Um, I didn't see um, the other Marvel movie that's out. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but I might go see that. I think if it's still in theaters, if not, I could probably watch it on Disney Plus. Um, just just to get me excited for December seventeenth is when uh, Spider Man No Way Home comes out. Um, so I'm gonna be super stoked for that. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are. Um, that's that's a really highly anticipated uh, Marvel film post and uh, Avengers Endgame. So um, I'm super excited about that. Um, so I kind of got off a little movie tangent there, um, which was which was okay. Um, it's 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 not something I normally talk about, but this is the first time I've been to the movies. Like this week, I went to the movies twice. I went on Tuesday and I went last night and. 
this is the first time I've, now I'm starting to wake up, you can kind of hear it. This is the first time I've really been able to go to the movie theater and watch some movies that I want to see. Because um, this year there kind of haven't been too many movies that I wanted to go see in the movie theaters. And they were still kind of opening back up. So it wasn't really something that something that we could do quite yet. And now I think we get the full experience of going to the movies again. Um, and even both nights that I went, it's still quite a bit of people going to the movies. That, that streaming, streaming it at home, that can be a convenience. But people still want to go to the movie theaters. It's still that, you know, watching it on a big screen, eating some popcorn, spending an arm and a leg for a movie ticket of popcorn and a soda or water and some candy. Like, you know, it's, it's, it, when you look back when you're like 80, you're going to be like, oh man, when there probably won't be movie theaters anymore by the time, you know, at least I'm 80, that's another 60 years from now, there probably won't be movie theaters. Um, so it's, it's something that, you know, it's something fun. It's a fun night. It's a fun. It's a fun group activity. It's a fun date night. You know, if I don't recommend it for a first date, but second date, third date, or if you're dating for a while and you just, hey, babe, let's go see a movie. Like, you know, it's a good time. And I'm glad I was able to go with a couple friends on Tuesday and a couple friends uh, last night. So uh, go watch those two movies, Venom, Carnage, and um, uh, Halloween Kills. Um, two very, very decent movies that came out this year. Um, but next year, I'll be getting in my movie bag next year when this, uh, when we hit the new year. So moving on to some um, podcasting stuff. Um, my favorite podcast, New Rory and Maul, uh, Rory Farrell and Maul Clay, formerly of the Joe Budden podcast. They were co-hosts on the Joe Budden podcast. Um they have their own podcast. They've had for a while. I think for at least August maybe was the first. Late July, early August was kind of the first realms of um, of their pod. Um, after being quote-unquote fired from the Joe Budden podcast when really they essentially just left and Budden, uh, Joe Budden uh, kind of fired them out of spite in my opinion. Um Anyway, they have signed a new deal to SiriusXM Stitcher, um, and the show's going to be released through the Stitcher's uh, More Sauce label. Uh, the first episode of the new arrangement is scheduled to drop November 2nd, with new installments every Tuesday and Friday. This is from an article from Vulture that came out on Thursday. Um, Go go read it. Um, it. It's Rory and Maul have moved on. No, really, that's the um, that's the title of the uh, article. But if you're in your podcast bag or if you're a podcaster and you want to know how to, uh, they have inter- they have some interview snippets at the bottom. Um, which, like I said, if you're a new podcaster, you should kind of look at them and. Do your homework because they're doing it the right way. Um, they're doing it the right way. So, you know, Budden was preaching own your masters, own your content on his podcast along with Rory and Maul when they were on the pod. Then more Rory and Maul get their own pod. They're preaching the same thing. 
own your masters, own your content 100%. They own their content 100%. It's not split up in terms of this person gets this share, this person gets that share. It's a collective. And that's something I want to do with this pod eventually. Like, you know, when this podcast eventually blows up, it, it there's going to be probably there's going to be money involved. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, I started this by myself. You know, if I bring people in to, you know, editors and, and you know, recording engineers or stuff like that, there's people I got to pay because they're not going to do it for free. You know, I'm doing it for free in terms of I sit in my room or somewhere in my house every Friday or Saturday and record and release an episode. Um, but to me, that's not enough. I'm going to want more. I'm going to want a bigger audience. I'm going to want a bigger, you know, I'm only six episodes in. And I'm blessed to have the audience that I do, and I love all my all my listeners. But I do want to get a bigger audience. That's the goal for, for any um, creator, whether it's music, videography, podcasting, uh, artist artistry as in like painting and drawing and stuff like that. Um, you want a big audience. Um, so I think, like I said, any aspiring post- podcasters, go look at Rory and Maul and go see what they're doing. Because they're doing it the right way. Excuse me, I'm going to... Sorry to take a sip of water there. Um, go, do your, go do your homework. And they're a good start. Um, they're a good start to look at. Um, because you have the Rogans of the world. You have the Bill Simmons of the world. You have the Joe Buddens of the world. Yeah, they're, they're big, big podcasts. But they started out with Spotify deals and Rogan has a Spotify deal. Simmons has a Spotify deal. Um, Button no longer has the Spotify deal because he felt that they were jipping him. Um, and he went independent, which I think was the smarter route for Joe Budden just because as him being the voice of the side of the creators, that was the right move PR wise to, to do that. Um, but, and even my, um, new even my favorite one of my favorite youtube channels on youtube <laughs> uh, complex ambition they just started a pod another one of my favorite youtube channels in the clutch they have a podcast so it's it podcasting's like really really starting to pop off and i think that's rogan simmons bill simmons and joe rogan were kind of the forefronts of that in terms of entertainment and then it just kind of flourished into something else. So, like I said, do your homework. It's only going to help you if you want to become a podcaster, even a musician. Like owning your content, I think. Look at their um, their route to success. Because um, I didn't even look up the money that they would be getting, and I'm almost positive it's going to be a shit ton of money. So. Um, we're going to hop off um, podcasting for right now. That was a nice little shout-out to them. Um, yeah, shout-out to Rory and Maul um, for getting their bag, you know. Chasing the bag, getting the bag. That's that's all it is. Um, so we're going to move on. We got NFL. Um, from now on, with the uh, when I talk about the NFL, I'm just going to talk about key matchups um, for weeks in the NFL moving forward. Um and then, like, closer to, like, you know, weeks, like, Thanksgiving week, I'll talk about the games specifically. Um, but there's so many games. 
I'm not going to be able to just fit it in. Um, I don't want to rush through it, and I don't want to talk about it way too much. So uh, we're just going to do key matchups this week. But I will start, even though it's not a key matchup game, it's not like a marquee game. It is the second London game that we have this year. Um, so Dolphins-Jaguars at 9.30 tomorrow morning. Um, we got Bears-Packers. I think that's that's a highlightable game uh, in the 1 o'clock window. Um, outside of that, it, it, to me, it looks like a lot of blowouts. Um, uh, it's closer to the afternoon and Sunday night football slots where it gets a little interesting. Um, you have the Cardinals, five and zero against a really good Browns team. Excuse me, that are um, three and two, but even like Cleveland's favored um, in that in that game. So it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out. Um, I'll reference you know the Cardinals have a new tight end now, so I'll reference that in a second. Um, Raiders Broncos is going to be another good one. Cowboys Patriots, um, and then Steelers Seahawks. I have the Steelers winning that one only because Russell Wilson is not playing probably until like week, probably until like, what is it now, week six, so probably not until the end of the season, week 15, 16, or 17. He's out for 10 weeks because of that finger, so um, so yeah, so I think the Steelers t- edge that one out, um, and then Bills Titans Monday Night Football. Um, so I think it's going to be a decent week for uh, for football. I looked at the college football uh, schedule for today it's it's not too bad either um so it'll be decent and we have mlb playoffs this weekend uh, the alcs i'll mention that in a second kicked off um the nlcs i think starts tonight i'm going to double check that um let me actually double check that real quick yeah so both games are on tonight so game two of the alcs red sox astros um and then game one of the nlcs is braves dodgers out of those four teams, um, I'm going to give my who is going to go to the World Series predictions. I'm not giving my actual World Series predictions until the World Series starts, or before it starts, obviously. Um, so out of these four teams, you got Red Sox, Astros, Braves, Dodgers. I think the Astros are going to – I think it'll be a close series. I don't know. I think it'll go maybe five or six games. I don't see this going seven games, but I think the Astros – uh, edge the Red Sox out. I think the Red Sox get a couple. They might steal one today. Um, that game's at 420. Um, and then Braves-Dodgers. That's a toss-up to me because the Braves are... I didn't think the Braves were very good. Um, but, you know, it could be a toss-up for me. Um, the Dodgers beat a very, very good San Francisco Giants team. Um, so I think I'm going to take the Dodgers in that only because I'm a Phillies fan and I don't like the Atlanta Braves. But... Even you know, even objectively, I, I'm going to pick the Dodgers. So I think Dodgers Astros um, in the World Series. I'm not going to think who wins because obviously, if both those teams get eliminated, I have to now pick out of two different teams. So I think Astros Dodgers are going to the World Series, and then once the World Series hits, I'll give you my who is going to win the World Series picks. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, playoff baseball is awesome. We've had a couple of good games. Uh, that Dodgers uh, Giants series was fantastic. Um, so was that Red Sox Rays series too. Um, but so it was a little bit of baseball. Um, we're gonna go swing back to football for a second because I want to talk about uh, oh my 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 Eagles. All right, um, they played the Bucks on Thursday Night Football, 
and it's a whole mess. Um, it, it's early in the season. It's still early in the season. It's only week six. And you were coming off of a short week. You played Sunday. You played a tough, grinded-out game against Carolina. And then you had to go back home to go against Brady and the Bucks. So that's a rough That's a rough four days, I would say. Three, four days. Um, the number one thing for me is the play calling. Um, Nick Sirianni doesn't seem to know what he's wanting to do with Jalen Hurts. It's either run-pass option, screen passes, or let's attempt to throw down the sideline. But Jalen Hurts is not that type of quarterback where he can sit back in the pocket and just launch it. Um, he's not a Carson Wentz that we've had previously where you can sit him back in the play. Carson Wentz has an arm. Jalen Hurts doesn't have that big of an arm. At least, you know, and nor did Wentz in terms of accuracy, but coming from that Monday night game that Wentz had against the Ravens, I couldn't tell. Um, and I think that's just coaching over in Indiana that's helped him, or Indianapolis, excuse me, that's uh, helped him. But in terms of Jalen Hurts, I think he's has so much upside. He's mobile, he's fast, he's athletic, he has he's accurate, but he he doesn't know his arm strength. I think um, sometimes he puts a little too much on it and. He overthrows people. Sometimes he puts not enough on it, and he either throws it in the dirt at their feet or on a outside, you know, sideline route. He underthrows them, and you know the wide receivers t- uh, forced to make a tough catch. And these are all throws that he's making with a clean pocket. It's no, not a lot of pressure, and I think he just doesn't exude a lot of confidence right now. And he, that was on display Thursday night, and that the play calling was. Um, also on display Thursday night as well. Even on last Sunday against Carolina, um, it wasn't that good. Um, so I think they have a lot of kinks to work out on offense. The defense, everybody's saying Jonathan Gannon playing soft coverage. I get that, but even if he played soft coverage, soft two-man, soft zone, it's if you play man, you're making the wide receivers work. You're making your corners work, which I get. But at the same time, it's Tom Brady. He's going to pick that apart. If you're playing cover two, soft cover two, he's going to pick that apart. If you're playing man-to-man, he's going to pick that apart. Because he has playmakers everywhere. He's got Antonio Brown. He's got Mike Evans. He's got Chris Godwin. You throw Scotty Miller in there out of the slot. Like, he's got playmakers on that team, even without Rob Gronkowski. And he's got pass-catching backs out of the t- And he can run the ball because he has. Our, our defense is last against the rush in the league. So you can you can definitely run the ball on the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think an overreaction was obviously going to happen with that game. Um, I was watching the Flyers game last night, and they lost in a shootout. And... Everybody on Twitter was like, that's it, the season's done, throw in the towel, fire the coach. I'm like, it's the first game of the season. Are we going to do this next week when the Sixers play? If we lose to, I think we play Brooklyn or somebody, like somebody really good, are we going to sit there and, or Joel Embiid, we need to trade him. 
he's this, that, and the other. Get rid of Doc Rivers, which actually I kind of want to get rid of Doc Rivers, but that's a story for another day. Like I think Philadelphia fans, I don't, I don't know if it's all Philadelphia fans or just Philadelphia fans. I think it might be just fans all over the country um, that they do it. They, you know, people were doing it after week one. People are doing it with the Chiefs now. Oh, are the Chiefs done? They're not making the playoffs. This, that, and the other. Their dynasty's over. And first of all, the Chiefs were never a dynasty. Um, anybody was saying that the Chiefs are a dynasty, you're beside yourself. The Chiefs went to two Super Bowls and split the win-loss record. They won against the Niners, and they lost against the Bucs. That's it. There's no dynasty there. Sorry to break your spirits, Chiefs fans. There wasn't a dynasty there. Um, but let's, like, relax. Like, they have Mahomes. They have Andy Reid. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Travis Kelsey. They have playmakers on defense. They just got to get it together. They got to gel. And they haven't found that. They haven't found that spark yet. And, you know, their schedule's lightening up for the Chiefs. They'll they'll go back on top. Um, I'm done talking about uh, just that game, the Eagles-Bucks. But um, sticking with the Eagles, uh, Zach Ertz got traded uh, to the Arizona Cardinals for a corner who I don't even bother to look up because I'm still upset about that uh, that trade. But it's something that we needed, and I think I would have been less upset in April when they initially said he was going to be traded or over the summer. But to me, it doesn't make any sense now because of two reasons. One, the defensive scheme. Gannon, I don't think uses his corners enough. So I think that's not helping anything. And you're you signed Steve Nelson for Steven Nelson for what? I don't get it. Now you have a third like really good corner and what are you going to do? I don't know. But two, Dallas Goddard is still on the COVID on the COVID list for another week. Who's going to be your starting tight end? for the Raiders game on next Sunday. So, I mean, it made sense in April. Doesn't make any sense now. They better pay Dallas Goddard, though, at the end of the year when his contract's up. Um, because if they don't, uh, I don't know what the hell's going on in that organization. Um, you're talking about a player that in Zach Ertz that helped you win the Super Bowl. Two of his catches are two of the most crucial of that game. The one to, I think it was fourth and two or fourth and one, to make it, to give him the first down to go back and drive down the field and then to get the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I think he kind of did him dirty, sending him on his way out. But they wanted to get something for him, and they did because Zach Ertz, this was his last year on his contract. Um so we did get something for him. We got uh, a corner from Arizona at a fifth-round draft pick. Um, but thank you, Zach Ertz. Thank you so much. Um, you, he is a Philly legend. Um, I can say that with the utmost confidence. I know we throw that word legend around loosely in music and sports. Um, but Zach Ertz, in terms of Philadelphia legend, he... 100% is. He was a crucial part of that Super Bowl that Super Bowl season, that Super Bowl run, and in that Super Bowl itself. 
Um, so I want to thank Zach Ertz for all the crap that he had to go through from start to finish in this organization because it was not easy. We have a plane flying overhead. Holy crap. I don't know if you guys can hear that or not. Um, it's like, look, it sounded like it's right over my house. So I'm done with the Eagles for right now. <laughs> I, I really am. Um, they're, they're an organization where I think since 2017, they've been a little full of themselves. And I'm, my, I'm not going to try and go on a rant here, but it's Saturday. I'm trying to relax. I'm not trying to go on a rant here. But I will bring up this conversation that the Eagles, like I said, they've been a little full of themselves since the Super Bowl. And here's why. Um, I'll use the Patriots as an example. Because, you know, I'm talking about the Patriots with when Brady was there. When they won the Super Bowl in, I think it was 2016 against Atlanta, if it was 2015, I could. I'm, I'm, I apologize, but that that Super Bowl, we know, all know about that Super Bowl against Atlanta, greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Did they get complacent? Even in general, in their whole dynasty, did they get complacent? No. The Philadelphia Eagles, when they won the Super Bowl in 2017, reminded me a lot of when. The Seahawks won the Super Bowl in 2013 against the Broncos. Blew them out. Um, that next year, the Seahawks were on the one-yard line, had the best power running back, arguably in football history. And there's another plane flying overhead. And they threw the ball on the one-yard line, and they... Everybody knows that play. Malcolm Butler picked it at the goal line. Patriots go on to win the Super Bowl. And the reason why I think Pete Carroll and that staff said, we're going to throw the ball. They got a little too cute. They got a little too full of themselves. I think even like Richard Sherman and that whole legion of boom, they just got a little ahead of themselves and said, you know what? We got this in the bag. It's this, that, and the other. We got down. We're gonna run down. Blah 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 blah. Then you throw the ball. You throw the ball and you throw a pick, Russell Wilson. And he got full of themselves. They did it the next season, the previous season when they won the Super Bowl. Going into that season where they went to the Super Bowl again, we want the smoke. We want this. And let me be honest, they got this. They wanted the smoke, and they they cleared all of it. They went to the Super Bowl, but they lost. The Eagles. That was just worse. They were 11, what, 11 and, 11 and 5 that year, 12 and 4. And we won the Super Bowl. We were on top of the world. We ate that Super Bowl up for a year. But going into that next season, I don't know if anybody else did it, but I know I did. I said, all right, we won the Super Bowl. What's next? What's next? Because I hit the reset button. That's in the past. Now you got to go out and defend that title. And then the controversy started. Nick Foles versus Carson Wentz. 
does Doug Peterson trust Foles more or does he trust Wentz more? Does the front office want Foles or does the front office want Wentz? Does the team want Foles or does the team want Wentz? Do the receivers? It just—it was a controversy for two seasons. Even when Foles left after 2018, it was still a controversy. For some reason, for some strange reason, it was a controversy. And even if Wentz was 100% healthy that 2017 season, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, we were still winning the Super Bowl against a Minnesota team that was riding high on that Minnesota miracle. That Atlanta team that really wasn't all that good. And Nick Foles, while I remind you, played absolutely terrible in that game. And the Super Bowl, listen, Carson Wentz was on pace to throw 40 touchdowns that year. 40 touchdowns and seven, and he was at 33 and seven when he got hurt. 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. You don't think he's throwing at least seven more by the end of the year? Because he would have to throw at least three more in that Rams game. And then after, you know, after he gets hurt, Foles takes over, we win the Super Bowl. All is forgiven, right? No. We got ahead of ourselves. We got over our head. And we've been riding that yesterday. I was well since Zach Ertz got traded. There is no player on offense that is left from that Super Bowl team. Nobody on offense. Outside of Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, and I think that's it. Brandon, well, Brandon Brooks was hurt. No, he was healthy. There you go. Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson, the, the entire right side of the offensive line. But no skill players. No, The quarterback's gone. The running backs are gone. The tight ends are gone. Um, that's another plane flying overhead. That's concerning to me. Um, everybody's gone. So I think this organization needs to buckle up and get their head out of their ass and get shit correct because I think Howie Roseman needs to get fired. I think Jeffrey Lurie needs to sell the team after this year. Not right now, obviously, but after this year. I'm off the Eagles. I'm done with them. They're pissing me off. Um, I got the Flyers and the Sixers to piss me off for the next three or three to five months. So we're going to hop off sports. There's a lot of sports. Um, talk. We'll hop back on to sports because there's other things that I want to reference later on, but we're going to hop into music really, really quickly. Um, Life of a Don. Don Tolliver. I said last week, I said I haven't listened to it, and I will listen to it, and I'll give my review. I listened to it. I've been listening to it. It's been on my phone in re- for repeat for days. It's fantastic. It's better than his previous album, which I was looking for him to do, uh, which is Heaven and Hell that came out last year that had all the TikTok songs on it. Um, you know, Cardigan and After Party and all that type. That was last year. This album is fantastic. Um, it's more of an R&B-ish album from him as opposed to last year was more of a hip-hop-oriented album. 
but nonetheless, I didn't care what it was. That this was absolutely fantastic. It's one of my favorite projects from the uh, from this year, um, and it's going to be on constant repeat for the rest of the year for me. Um, if I had to rate it, I'd probably give probably an eight out of ten. Um, I think there's a couple of things that he could. There's a couple tracks that he maybe could have left out because um, I just thought they were just kind of. Yeah, they weren't like oh my god, Don Tolliver tracks. They were just kind of meh, but um, nonetheless, this album was fantastic. Um, shout out Don Tolliver, man, dude's killing it. Um, features even he's killing it, and now his album's out. A long-awaited album. Um, so congratulations, Don Tolliver, for that. Um, in terms of new music uh, this week, let's take a let's take a look see here. Um, I'll start here. I'll start country and then I'll do hip hop, uh, country, not too much country, but, um, Zach Brown band put out an album. Um, I haven't listened to it yet. That is the first thing after I'm done recording. That's I'm listening to that album. I'll give that review next week. Um, but in terms of hip hop, there were two pretty big, well, one big release and then one kind of re-release, um, but, so, the release in terms of um, current hip-hop, um, Punk by Young Thug. Um, I only got about halfway through, not even halfway through. Um, I wanted to listen to the whole thing front to back yesterday, I just haven't, hadn't had the time. Um, but from what I've heard, this shit's going to be fantastic. Um, I've heard nothing but positive things about this album, um, and I'm excited to listen to the rest of it today. I'll probably restart listening to it and just go through and listen to the whole thing. It's only an hour long. It's 20 tracks. Um, and he brought out damn near everybody. Like these are the features that he has on here or the, the big features on here. J. Cole, Gunna, Gunna is on there twice, um, Future, Juice World. Post Malone, ASAP Rocky, Drake, Travis Scott, or Gunna three times, I'm sorry, Doja Cat, and Mac Miller. Those are just the big, big names that, you know, most people would know. Um, so I'm excited. Um, from what, like I said, from what I've heard, this is, it's another smash Young Thug album. Like, that's all he does. He, I don't think he's missed with albums. Uh, solo albums, not group, you know, you know, YSL projects or anything like that. Um, and I just mentioned Mac Miller. Speaking of Mac Miller, um, who is one of my favorite artists of all time, his mixtape from 2014, that was between, uh, that was the, um, watching movies, um, watching movies and, um, good AM era type Mac Miller. Macadelic, Mac Miller, that all that type of stuff in that range. Um, he was on his rap, he was in his rap bag at that point, and he didn't hit his artistic, more artistic bag till Divine Feminine Swimming, and you know his posthumous album Circles. This is one of my favorite, just mixtapes. Um, this was a mixtape when it released back in twenty fourteen. Um, and they're releasing it just as an album, so to speak. But um, 
one of my favorite projects. It's easily a top three Mac Miller project in my for for me, um, and regarded you know as one of his best. I think just in the consensus of Mac Miller fans and hip hop fans in general, um, it just it was it, listening to this album. I listened to it yesterday on my way to uh, to. Um, to doing school stuff and it just brought me back to when I first listened to it in 2014 and my freshman sophomore year of high school and it was just oh it was it was fantastic to to go back on memory lane like that and listen to music like that um that that I grew up with and it made me miss him a little bit more um but I know he would have eventually released it I know when he was alive he was talking about putting this on streaming services um, and he wanted to do it. He just couldn't. They were trying to get clearances for samples and stuff. But um, just congratulations to the Mac Miller camp for releasing his music the way they're releasing it. I think this is just like I mentioned at the beginning with the Rory and Maul podcast, the blueprint of how to do podcasting correctly. This is how to put out posthumous music correctly. Pop Smoke's camp has done a horrible job. XXX Tentacion's has done a horrible job. Juice World's camp has done an okay job. Um, I think that they're being a little petty, um, and they're just throwing shit together. Um, Nipsey Hussle's camp is doing fantastic, I would say. Shout out to them, because that, um, that marathon album... I forget what they're going to call it, but it's it's in reference to the marathon, which was Nipsey's big thing and clothing line and all of that. That, I think, next year is when they're thinking of putting a project out. Uh, but again, just not putting like Lucy singles out and let's put this snippet out and make it a song and this is just a hook, but we can put, let's grab, you know, Rick Ross and all these people to th- hop on here. Like it, it's done naturally. It's done organically. It's done in the artist's best interest. Um, so shout out to Mac Miller's camp for doing that. Um, Faces Mac Miller. Um, go stream that if you haven't heard this project because you know you weren't like digging through to find. I mean, Dat Piff was a big thing back in twenty you know, the early twenty tens, but. Um, Go listen to this album. It's some of Mac's best rapping um, at his finest. So um, that's all the really music I have today. I told you guys it was going to be a quick uh, quick music thing. But um, we're going to do um, something. There's three topics that I want to cover. Um, two are in the world of sports and one is just in the world of entertainment. Um, I'm going to take a sip of water for this one. This is going to be... It's gonna get juicy. It's gonna get. It's gonna get good. So, I think I'm gonna start with Kyrie Irving um, and this whole news story. Apparently, that is a news story. I think the the national sports media is just dragging this out, as they do with most things. Um, my whole thing with so if you haven't heard, Kyrie Irving is. Doing a number of things um, in terms of what he wants to do in terms of playing this season. Um, the NBA season kicks off next week. Um, but 
Kyrie Irving is refusing to take the COVID-19 vaccine. The NBA has a mandate where all coaches, players, and staff have to be vaccinated. Kyrie doesn't want to... And if they're not vaccinated, they have to take weekly COVID tests um, to make sure that they don't have COVID. Um, but the, uh, I think the reason why Kyrie doesn't want to take the vaccine is because of the New York mandate saying that people in the arenas have to be vaccinated. Um, entering like Barclays Center, Madison Square Garden, etc. have to be vaccinated. And have to show proof of vaccination. This is just in New York. Um, I understand Kyrie's point of view and what he wants to do with his own body and his morals as a person. Um, I don't think that it's fair that people are bashing, just general people are bashing him. Uh, I'm going to name names, Stephen A. Smith, that bash him. And it seems like Stephen A. Smith has had like a personal vendetta, or at least the attitude has been that way towards Kyrie Irving over the last X amount of years, ever since he left Cleveland in 20, what is that, 2017. It seems to me that everybody has a problem with Kyrie Irving because he's different. Well, Kanye West is different. And again, people have a problem with Kanye West for some reason. With Kyrie, it's he's one of the best point guards in the league, easily. He's top two or three. And if this were Steph Curry, would we be bashing him the same way? If this were Damian Lillard, would we be bashing him the same way? If this were Chris Paul, would we be bashing him the same way? If this were LeBron James, would we be bashing him the same way? I don't think we would. I think Kyrie's an easy target. And everybody's just jumping on the bandwagon, the Kyrie hate bandwagon. Now, do I understand why the Brooklyn Nets would be upset? Absolutely. He's saying, trade me, don't trade me. I'm going to retire, I'm not going to retire. If you trade me, I am going to retire. If you don't trade me, I'm. it's confusing as hell. And after what he did last year with sitting games out and taking two weeks off, not letting anybody know and all that type of jazz, I understand why the Brooklyn Nets would be frustrated. And Steve Nash is like not answering questions about Kyrie anymore, which I understand. So, in that light, if you are not the Brooklyn Nets, shut the hell up. Leave Kyrie Irving alone. He's a human being. He can make his own decisions. He's a big boy. He put his big boy pants on and said, no, I don't want to take it. Don't want to take the vaccine because of my personal views. I don't want to take the vaccine. It's perfectly fine. There's hundreds of millions of people in this country that don't want to take the vaccine. And do we chastise them and you know if if i have a co-worker of mine that doesn't want to take the vaccine do i just go up to that person and say hey f you take the f take the vaccine anti-vaxxer that's another thing 
I had that conversation on Thursday. I was sitting watching the game with my family and my dad and my brother and my mom, and we had a conversation about Kyrie Irving. And it came up to the point where it was now my brother was saying, oh, he's he's an anti-vaxxer. Well, not, no. An anti-vaxxer is somebody that's against all vaccines. And then he was he was slick with it because he tried to say, oh, well, no, they're talking about COVID-19 if they're anti-vaxxers. Well, it can't be one thing or the other. It's either got to be this or that. It can't be altogether. Um, so if you're an anti-vaxxer, you're against all vaccines, like the flu shot and tetanus shot and all that, all that jazz. All vaccines. If it's specifically COVID-19, you're just specifically against the COVID-19 vaccine. Doesn't mean you're an anti-vaxxer. You're an anti-COVID-19 vaxxer, but you're not an anti-vaxxer in terms of the general world of vaccines. Because there's actually people that don't get vaccines that actually believe that they don't like vaccines. They don't want to get vaccines. And that's every vaccine, not just COVID-19. So leave Kyrie Irving alone. <laughs> just leave him be. This is going to blow over. The season's going to start. And this still is going to be a story. Kyrie Irving's not playing. Why is he not playing? You know why he's not playing. Because he doesn't want to take the vaccine. So just leave it alone is all I'm saying. It's not that big of a deal. It's more of a bigger deal than they're trying to make it out. Um, so we're going to move off of Kyrie, stay in the sports drama news world. I'm going to address John Gruden. Um, for any of you that haven't known um, what happened with John Gruden, on Monday Night Football, or during, I should say, Monday Night Football, um, John Gruden resigned from the Las Vegas Raiders, I almost said Oakland Raiders, from the Las Vegas Raiders as their head coach over emails that were surfacing from a handful of years ago that were that he made uh, misogynistic comments, uh, anti-gay, anti-LGBTQ comments, um, racist comments, sexist comments. There were some forms of pornography that were spread around. Um, it was really nasty. Um, really, really nasty. Um, so he resigned. Mark Davis said, you know what? I either have to fire you or you can just quietly resign and we're not paying you the rest of the money. So he resigned. Raiders saved about 60 freaking million dollars. Um... In terms of the emails and what came what eventually you know came out to to, to surface um, I don't first off I didn't like what he said uh, I didn't read each email obviously like oh I have access to that now but I read articles that were saying you know examples of what would be in um, what would be in those emails I'm not going to repeat any of that because I don't think it's very I think it's been repeated enough in the last week that I feel that I don't need to repeat that. It's it's not necessary. Um, but he did, like I said before, he made misogynistic comments. 
He made anti-LGBTQ comments, uh, racist, uh, racist comments, um, sexist comments. And I think, and I had, a, again, I had a conversation on Monday night with my brother and my cousin. And they were saying, you know, I don't think it's fair. They can dig back and whatever uh, and just find you for anything, cancel you. While that is true, I don't, I don't, I personally don't agree with people just digging just to get attention for this person to get them canceled. I think cancel culture has become a little too overinflated. I think we're, you know, we're, in some points we were canceling the wrong people and we weren't looking to go cancel the actual right people that we can actually take out of the spotlight that should be taken out of the spotlight because they're hurting more people than just Joe Schmo who said some nasty comments on Facebook. Um, so I think it's gotten blown out of proportion a little bit. Um, but in this case, I think it's 100% correct. I think it's 100% valid. I think it was right for the NFL to go back and look. Um, he called Roger Goodell a pussy, <laughs> which, I mean, <laughs> it is funny in, in context because, you know, it's not right to call him that, but like jokingly, he kind of can be a little bit like that. But it's not right to call somebody that. Um, it's again in joking context, even in a joking context, actually, that's it's not okay. But the fact that he put it in an email is funny. I think I think that's funny that he put it in. He just had to put it in email. He couldn't have just called him and said, "Yo, you're." A, he just said, "Yo, this." Goodell is this in an email. I think that's actually kind of, I think it's funny because it's cowardly from John Gruden's part. And I think this whole email crap, that's what like, that's what you have a group chat for over text. You don't, emails, I mean, text can be traced too, but like, if you're going to say some nasty shit like that, you might as well put it in a group chat and not in an email chain that can be tracked. Which, and it was just, it was him, Bruce Allen, and a couple others, a couple other restaurant owners in Tampa Bay. It was kind of like a Proud Boys Club, or like a Nasty Boys Club, or whatever. It was disgusting. There was porn, girl, cheerleaders, pictures, naked pictures of cheerleaders being spread around, and um, they're grown-ass men, man. I never got the... The, oh, I got so-and-so's nudes at school uh, person. Or my favorite thing was in high school, oh, I have more nudes than you in my phone. Okay, so you have more pornography in your phone than your friend. What difference does that make? That doesn't make, like, I I don't get how that makes someone cool, having pornography in your phone. When in all honesty, you can look up pornography on Google, but it's okay to do it when you, it's, it doesn't make any sense to me that it just, and and I'm not trying to go off on a, on a tangent like that. I'm trying to, my point is it starts when, you know, you're younger and you get, oh, I got this girl's nudes. I got that girl's nudes. And it you think you're all you think that you because you have all this pornography in essence 
you think that you're you're, you're cool. You're you're this. You're that. And I'm like, think it, it doesn't make any sense. Like that's 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 a it's a girl that was that photo was not meant for you. It was meant for one person that was then spread around to everybody else. Same deal goes with Gruden. That photo may have only been meant for one person. And it was sent all over the place. For God knows what reason. All over the place meaning all in the emails and shit. And now that's out. Now that's out into the public. In the public domain. It's nasty. And John Gruden deserved to be... I think he should have been fired, but... Him and Mark Davis are like buddy-buddy. So, of course, and the way he even got hired was nasty. They didn't interview. They didn't. The Raiders technically didn't follow the Rooney rule. For any of you that don't know what the Rooney rule is, the Rooney rule is when you're interviewing for a head coaching job, when you're when a team is interviewing head coaches for a head coaching job uh, for, or for any coaching job, they have to interview at least three minority uh, head coach candidates um, to ensure – inclusivity in you know in your decision making that didn't happen with mark davis and the raiders that was sketchy it it just it's just people like that tend to piss me off um and i kind of am not surprised that it's john gruden only because of the way he comes off as abrasive and aggressive and you know, if you've seen clips of him coaching, it's 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 kind of terrifying to say the least. If I were like you know, if I didn't know John Gruden personally, um, so John Gruden's nasty. He deserved to be resigned or fired, however you want to put it. He deserved to lose his job. Um, for anybody that's defending this, you need a reality check, my man or woman. Uh, you need a reality check. Um, so I'm going to end on John Gruden really quickly. Um, people seem to get all bent out of shape. It wasn't the racist emails, I'll tell you, that that got the attention of uh, the media. It was the misogynistic and the, LGB, the anti-LGBTQ comments that he had made and slurs and all that type of stuff. Um and yeah, John Gruden, you know, is a nasty, nasty dude. Um, but he also made racist comments in there. And that didn't seem to be the nail in the coffin for him. And I wonder why that is. And that transitions me to the David Chappelle uh, special and the comments that he had made over the LGBTQ um controversy thing um david Chappelle, if you haven't known of 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 this um special that he just put out um he was basically saying he was um excuse me he was being kind of chastised and he was trying to be canceled. First and foremost, I will start this converse, this uh, little tidbit on saying you can never cancel David Chappelle. It's virtually impossible. He is kind of like uncancelable in the world of comedy, in the world of 
just entertainment in general. He's he's very hard to cancel because he's so honest with his opinions. He doesn't really he's like frankly my dear I don't give a damn type of energy. Um and this is not the first time he's received backlash after a special. So he's used to this by now and he kind of asks for it. Uh he wants the smoke. Um but Dave Chappelle on his special essentially said that don't hurt a gay person's feelings was one of the quotes that he used. He said, don't hurt a gay person's feelings or it's going to bite you in the ass. Essentially, that's what he had said. And what he meant by that, and everybody took that as, oh, he's being anti-gay, anti-trans, because he said it about trans people too. He said, don't hurt a trans person's feelings. And he made that to go out as anti-trans, anti-gay, anti-LGBTQ. Um, but again, we live in a world where context for a lot of people, especially the media, does not exist. Context does not is out the window when it comes to reporting stuff because everybody's clicks and attention and all that stuff now. What he meant by that, saying don't hurt a gay person's feelings or it's going to bite you in the ass. First off, he's right. Um, what he meant by that was, and he had even said it in his special, he said a black person could get shot in the street and there's no news coverage on it, or there's barely any news coverage on it, or there's barely any conversation about it. It's just another regular thing. But if a gay person or someone of the LGBTQ community says that oh, my feelings were hurt, or I was verbally abused, or something like that. It's all over the news for a week. And you can get canceled for that. And it brought me back to the John Gruden thing. It wasn't the racist comments, and the racist slurs, and all that type of stuff that he was using in his emails that got him this much that that got the attention of the NF the, the, the national media it was a, the comments about the LGBTQ community and i was very curious when i was watching the Dave Chappelle special i was initially first of all it was a great special if you haven't watched it go watch it it's on netflix um i was kind of like waiting like i watched it waiting knowing that the controversy of him saying something already had happened. I didn't know what he had said prior to watching it. So I was kind of sitting there, it's an hour long, and I'm sitting there waiting for him to say something derogatory towards gay people and trans people. I'm like, I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting, and I don't hear a damn thing that's over the line. He basically said... You guys get more sympathy and empathy than black people. That's simply it. It wasn't derogatory. He wasn't using any slurs. He wasn't calling people the F word. He wasn't calling people anything. He basically was saying, you guys get more media attention than we do, as for him being a black man. And I think he's 100% right. Same reason why I feel John Gruden should have been fired, and rightfully so, he resigned. 
The same reason I feel Kyrie Irving can make his own decisions. Everybody needs to have context, guys. Context matters in this world. Context matters in almost every single situation, no matter if it's a big situation or a small situation, if it's dealing with entertainers or it's dealing with everyday people. Context matters. Anytime I have a conversation with somebody and they tell me some some dirt or they tell me what somebody says, oh, so-and-so said this, what is the context behind that? Whether it was egregious or not. I can someone can tell me so and so said something nasty and I'll be I'll still ask for context even though what they said is nasty is not okay. I'm going to still want context and say okay, do I overreact with this person and say you should be chastised I'm not your friend anymore or should I go have a sit down conversation with my friend or person that I know and say listen, that shit wasn't okay. Clean that up. You're on thin ice. I'm giving you a second chance. I believe in second chances in some cases. However, in the cases of John Gruden, no. I don't think he deserves a second chance. Technically, he this was his second chance. Him coming back to the Raiders. This was his second chance. He went on TV for a little bit, and then boom, he came back to coaching. I think... Back to David Chappelle. I think he's 100% correct in saying what he said. I don't think there was anything anti-LGBTQ. I don't think there was anything anti... Well, he didn't say anything misogynistic. And he has in the past, and he's made jokes about black people. He's made jokes about all types of people. Black people, white people, the, the gay community, the... Even straight people. Like, he's he's done it all. He's gone after everybody. And like I said before, he wants the smoke. He wants the attention. He wants the controversy. He wants all of that. He thrives off of that. His whole career is based on that. People that have been born, you know, after me. I'm 22, 1999. People that were born after me that haven't seen The Chappelle Show. Go watch The Chappelle Show. And you think what he said in one special... A five-minute, not even a two-minute clip. You think that was controversial. Go watch The Chappelle Show. Go watch The Chappelle Show. It's coming back on Netflix is what I'm hearing. If not, go on YouTube and look up the skits from The Chappelle Show. And I guarantee you that will baffle you more than what he said in that special will. Ten times over. We live in a world now where political correctness is... Rule in the world. You have to be very PC. That no PC crap, that's out the window. That's been out the window for the last five to ten years. Maybe the last five years. Five to five to seven years. That's been out the window. PC PC culture has entered in and has been here to stay. Um I don't understand why people are outraged over and now nobody's talking about the Chappelle controversy anymore. Um, Netflix, the CEO of Netflix or one of the partners of like one of the higher ups in Netflix. I don't want Dave putting crap on our thing anymore. Why? He didn't say anything wrong. If anything, he was honest. And I think in this day and age, being honest is being mistaken for hate 
it's being mistaken for being spiteful towards a group of people. You can be honest and be derogatory. But you can also be honest and be non-derogatory. So I think people just need to take a look at themselves for one. And take a look in the mirror and say, does this actually affect me? Or am I just getting all bent out of shape because it's the popular thing to do? Um, and, you know, go watch that. Day. Look, if you want context is all I'm going to say. If you want context, go watch that David Chappelle special. And that's all the context you're going to need. Because you'll see right then and there, he doesn't say anything about it. So I think that's going to be interesting to see how that po- uh, plays out for the next, uh, for the next probably the next few weeks. Um, that is all I have for you guys today. Uh, like I said, it was a packed show, uh, packed episode this week. Um, I will see you guys next week for episode uh, seven. And then possibly in the next, uh, in two weeks, I'll have some people on. Um, I actually might have some people on next week to talk. Um, I'm going to be talking NBA for the first time next week since the NBA season is approaching. Um, so we'll have a lot of M- cool NBA talks, some, some debates, some NBA discussions. Um, so tune in for that next week. I will talk to you guys soon. Absolutely. This is awesome. Thank you guys. As I always say at the end of this pod, life is a series of moments and moments past, so let's make this one last This is as if it's all that we have. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. I will see you guys next week for episode seven, and I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much.